0: So, uh, as I mentioned, we have a great guest speaker with us and, uh, from, uh, Celebrate Kids in Fort Worth, Texas. Can we please give a warm horizon welcome to Kathy Cook? Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I certainly enjoy the music in this church. My goodness. The talent on stage. Yes? Yeah, thank you. That's very cool. Yeah. And, uh, and they're nice. Nice guys too, which is really encouraging. And they do it for you, and they do it for God. They're not up here performing, which I really very much appreciate. So, what an honor to be back. How many of you were here in April when it was my joy to be here? Well, I'm so glad. Thank you. And to the rest of you, welcome. Uh, I am excited to be here this morning and really looking forward to tonight as well. In this room at 6 o'clock tonight, it'll be my privilege to talk about how you and your kids are smart in eight different ways. It's the message that I shared with you in April, but tonight I get to do a, a longer version, hand out PowerPoint slides, and much more of a direct teaching kind of a time. If you have middle schoolers or high schoolers, please bring them so that they can discover from me and not you that they really are smart and ought to behave like they are. And uh, maybe you're wondering if you're smart. Maybe you've always thought your brother was the smart one. Uh, why don't you come and find out, wow, God did a good thing when he made you, you. Right? He did. So 6 o'clock in this place, please come. There is childcare available for those with younger kids. And um, I've been told that you can uh, show up and beg your way into that uh, system. So this morning, though, it's going to be my joy to talk with you about um, parenting with the heart, starting with the heart. The parenting to prioritize the relationship we have with our kids and not their behavior. If you prioritize their behavior, and every time you turn the corner and you look at what they're doing, and they know that, they're going to run. They're going to they're going to shift away from you rather than walking toward you. I want to encourage you this morning to parent with your heart in mind. Parent to connect heart to heart, not just mind to mind, but let them know that you care about their heart being strong. So we need to parent strong so we can parent long. We need to prioritize relationship and not behavior. And we need to prioritize character above behavior. Let me unpack that a little bit. Parent strong so you can parent long. I tell children all the time that the word child will always be assigned to them. You will never grow out of the reality that you are a child. Even if you become a parent yourself, you are still a child. And you are always going to be a parent. You chose to have children, some of you. And so you will always be a parent. So parent strong so you can parent long. Ideally, when they're in their 20s and 30s, you're still in relationship with them. And it changes and it shifts because you change and they change. But, you know, God ordained the family. In Genesis chapter 1, he ordains the family. And the family unit matters to him. And I want us to stay connected. Ideally, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, children, grandchildren, we're all one and we stay connected. So parent strong and parent long. That means that you make your no a no. You make your yes a yes. And ideally, you don't say maybe too often. Maybe is the chicken way of no. Maybe gives children false hope, which makes your no harder to handle later. If you can't say yes or no in the moment because you need to do some research to find out, then admit that. And say, I I can't commit yet to Saturday morning at the park because I need to check something out with grandma. Let them know that you're doing your research, but don't say maybe, because it's painful. Say yes to the yes things, no to the no things. Don't let them manipulate you, right? Don't let them manipulate you. How many of you have kids who can manipulate you easily? Can they? Oh, look at how quickly (laughs) they know where the button is and they know how to push it. Come tonight, because that's actually a particular smart gone bad. And we're going to talk about that tonight. Ideally, you parent with your no and you parent with your yes. And prioritize a friendship with them later. Ideally, we don't parent so that they're our friends today. Your children are not supposed to be your friends. Look up child in the dictionary. It does not say a parent's best friend. And if you think that your relationship needs can be met by your children, that's wrong. I say that with love in my heart for you. I understand relationships are complex, but I pray that you have members of a peer group and other family members your age, older and younger, who can satisfy your heart's need for connection and that you don't depend upon your children to be your friend. I know what I know based on the work we do at Celebrate Kids. If you parent so that you will be their friend today, you may not be their friend later. Ideally, as I say in my book, Start With The Heart, you parent so that when they're 25, they will want to be your friend. And they they will want to be known as your son or daughter. And they will want to spend time with you. So parent strong and parent long and keep friendship at a distance. And you can earn back their trust if you feel like you've gone too close to the friendship side of things. And that's why it's been hard for your no to be your No and you realize that your relationship is a bit warped, you can get it back. You can blame me, the expert said. You can you know get the tape and listen to it together, the CD, if you will, or you can share with them what you know to be true now. Prioritize the relationship and not their behavior. Love them, like them. You don't always have to like their behavior, but I pray that you like them. Love them, like them, want to know them, want to understand them. These are the things that matter to the children. Kids tell me, you know, Dr. Kathy, they have to love me. They don't have a choice, but I wish they liked me. I wish my daddy wanted to play catch with me. I wish my mommy wanted me to cook with her. I wish that my mommy wanted to go to the park with me. I wish that they wanted me. Ladies and gentlemen, it is rich to be wanted, isn't it? It's rich to be known. It's rich to be understood. Part of this heart Parenting from the heart and parenting to want them and to like them and to know them and to understand them means that we won't say foolish things like, you can be whatever you want. Like, it's really a dangerous message to say to children, you can be whatever you want. I could not have been a jockey on a horse. You all know that, right? I'm 6'1". It's like, how many of you are picture smart? And you saw me, like it's scary. Like I'm eating my knees. It's not comfortable, not happening, not working well. And if I would have been parented, well, you can be whatever you want. And I decided I wanted to be a jockey on a horse and I start to pray about that. And I believe my parents think I can do it. And then it doesn't work out. I'm disappointed in and probably mad at my parents. And I actually could have gotten mad at God because he didn't answer my prayer right. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, One of the ways that you establish a heart relationship is that you know your children and they know that you know them and you don't expect them to become who they cannot be. We can only be what our Creator chose us to be. Such an important message. I'm so glad you're in church. So glad that you're here and searching and wondering and discovering the things of the Lord for you and your kids. It matters so much. It matters so much. Prioritize their character over their behavior. I understand that you want them to be well and do well. Everybody has a right to expect kids to be well-behaved. Behavior matters. I totally get that. I respect that. I think kids ought to be patient and generous and outgoing and kind, right? And I think we should be as well. But here's the thing. I want you to prioritize their character ahead of their behavior. Prioritize your relationship ahead of their behavior and prioritize character ahead of behavior, because character is something that is a part of them, that goes with them wherever they are. Behavior is something they feel they have to do when mom and dad are watching. So they're good when they can be caught being good and punished when they're bad. But character is something we are. Character is our essence. Here's one of the ways I like to say it. We are human beings, not human doings. Who we are is more important than what we do because everything we do, we do because of everything we are. I want us, in in the book I wrote, Start with the Heart, there's an appendix about character because it's so important. Dedicated, dependable, determined, devoted, diligent, discerning, discreet, committed, compassionate, confident, consistent, optimistic, passionate, patient, peaceful, persevering, persuasive, polite, punctual, pure, repentant. To raise children to know their character. We're human beings, not human doings. That's true of God. God is, therefore God does. God is love, therefore he loves. God is wise, therefore his answers can be trusted. God is compassionate, therefore he aches when we ache. He is, he does, we are, we do. Talk to your children, about their character, which is birthed in the heart. The Holy Word of God, best book you'll ever read, the Bible, declares that the heart is the wellspring of life. The heart is where life arises, if you will. So paying attention to the heart matters. The heart is where character resides. Prioritize it. It's how you pass on values. Prioritizing the character, prioritizing the heart relationship, and not just behavior make sense yes i pray so it matters you know kids aren't going to come up to you and say you know you're too friendly dad you're going to have to be the one to to have the power to see what you need to see it matters matters i do a lot of training of 16 to 24 year olds and a lot of them will tell me you know kathy and i wish i had still my parents you know i wish that we still were family so really ladies and gentlemen man i pray that you have family for a long time not because they're desperate for you but because it's right that we're connected to our family So I want you to parent strong and long, and I want you to parent with character above behavior, relationship above behavior, and I want you to decide as you parent this way, what are you parenting for? Like, what are the values that you hope to pass on? Why did God give you those children? Why are you that mom? By the way, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. But you are the perfect parent for your children. Because God chose for you to be the parent of those kids. Make sense? sense? So rest in that parent with faith. On the hardest days, believe in your believing that it is right, that that is your son. On the hardest days, believe in your believing that it is right, that that is your daughter. Because God doesn't make any mistakes. And he chose to make that child your child. And it is right that you are the parent. And you can strengthen your relationship. It's never too late, ladies and gentlemen. It is never too late. I don't know the age of your kids, but it's never too late. You can apologize, ask to be forgiven if you need to. You can walk toward them and not away from them and reestablish something that used to be a part of the dynamic. So what are you parenting for? What are the values that you hope to pass on as you connect with their heart? You know, for me, it's the scripture. For me, it's the Holy Word of God. It is full of such wisdom. I pray that you uh, continue to discover it as you come here to Horizon. In the Old Testament, there's a book, Deuteronomy. It's one of the first books in the Bible. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6, there's a passage from Moses that's kind of known as a parenting passage. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. One of the reasons that I want us to parent with the heart in mind is that the scripture teaches that truth resides in the heart. It is the wellspring of life. I don't want you to parent your children or grandparent, your grandchildren, or even in a marriage, have it be just a head-to-head intellectual thing, as valuable as thinking is. That's what we'll talk about tonight. It is the heart that that motivates change. It's the heart that really motivates life. And, and God declares in his holy word that he wants us to have his commandments in our heart. And then it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 7, You shall teach them diligently. You shall teach them diligently. Uh, kids tell me, Dr. Kathy, they tell me what to do and they yell at me when I don't do it. I wish they would teach me how. It isn't easy to be obedient. It isn't easy to, to be right and do right in a chaotic culture with people who are messy. And our children need us to walk with them and stand strong for them and to say, these are the ways in our family that we do it. We're gonna, I'm gonna teach you how. And it says in the Holy Word of God to teach diligently, which is effort over time. You can't just have a hard conversation one time. You're gonna need to teach diligently and keep coming back to the same topic perhaps. And it says in Deuteronomy chapter six, teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, When you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. What are you talking about at home? Kids pick up on what is valuable to you by what you say and what you don't say, what you do and what you don't do. If you want the things of the church to be valuable, the things that God would declare is true to be valuable, then you need to teach them diligently and talk about them as you lie down, rise up, uh, sit at the table, and stand and walk by the way. If it's not the scripture, I respect that. What is it? Where are you getting your values from that you're wanting to pass on? You know, I think that um, not only should you teach diligently, not tell and yell, but teach. We need to coach our kids as well. So a teacher, this is what it is, this is what it isn't. This is how to do it, this is how we don't do it. This is when it's applicable. This is when it is not applicable. A teacher is very specific and teaches in detail. And then we need to coach. We need to coach kids into excellence. A coach, an excellent coach, takes a complicated task and divides it into minor, minuscule pieces. You know, I'm a former basketball coach. I never let my girls dribble and run if they couldn't dribble standing still. Make sense? If they can't do this, what makes me think they can do it while they're running? And if they're right-handed, I'm not going to let them shoot left-handed layups until they're good at right-handed layups. And once they understand how to shoot a right-handed layup, then I might allow them to learn how to shoot a left-handed layup. I'm not going to let my offensive team, you know, learn to shoot hoops um, with defense until they can do it well without the defense. And once they've learned how to play basketball, then we learn how to play when there's a defender in our face throwing her arms in our way. To, to coach... You know, we say to kids, go clean your room. <laughs> they walk in and they stand there and they go, oh, I'm just to clean this. No, what if we said, start with your clothes. Touch every piece of clothing and put it where it belongs. Tell me when you're finished, I'll come and inspect. Let's do that for every toy. Let's do that for every knickknack. I mean, that might work, might not. Don't write me and tell me it didn't work. But by the way, you know, when I, when I decide I want to clean my kitchen, I'm the adult. I can walk in and decide I don't want to and walk away. Anybody done that? But kids don't have that choice. Coach them. Coach them. Teach them how. Coach them how. And then be a cheerleader. If you want to you teach your children and raise up kids who have a heart connection with you, teach, don't tell, and yell. Coach so that they depend upon you. I guarantee you children will go somewhere when they need help. And I would pray you don't want them going to YouTube University if they can come to you. Anybody agree with me there? You don't want them. Kids say, well, Dr. Kathy, I'm just going to Google it. When I was a kid, I had to leave my bedroom and go find my dad. Now kids can Google it. I mean, it's a wonderful invention. But oh my gosh, you guys, I don't want you replaced by Google. Google doesn't know them. Google doesn't love them. And Google doesn't care. I pray you do. That means you need to be available and you need to coach So that they can be excellent in your presence. And then you need to be a cheerleader. When the football games are played today, the cheerleaders will be there, even at the end, even if their team is losing. If the team that you want to win is not winning, I'm sorry if that happens, but you know, the cheerleaders are still gonna be there. But if your team is down by 31 points in the fourth quarter, your cheerleaders are not cheering. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. They would look like idiots. Who had not been paying attention. One of the main reasons you parent with your heart, or one of the main ways you parent with your heart, you start with the heart, you continue with the heart, you finish with the heart, one of the main ways you do that is to change the cheer. I've had kids say, they'll say, lady, or Dr. Kathy, if they remember my name, but it's often, hey, lady, um, you know, my dad says it's going to be a good year in math. I don't know what my dad thinks happened to my brain, but nothing happened to my brain. Do you think he'll love me, Dr. Kathy, even if my grades don't change? V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Cheer it every day if you can, but courageously change the cheer. I know, I know some of you have goals, I pray you have goals for your kids and dreams. I love that song. That their dreams would be big and their worries would be small. Are the goals that you have for your children appropriate for your children? And are you parenting them to be who they were created to be? Or are you asking them to become who you wish they would be? And will you change the cheer? V-I-C-T-U-R-Y. At the end of the game, if your team is down by 31 points, the cheerleaders are still there smiling with their pom-poms, building pyramids. But they're doing something ridiculous like, sway to the left, sway to the right, stand up, sit down, fight, fight, fight. They're still there. Stay there. Stay there. Change the cheer. And then be a referee. I want you to be a teacher. I want you to be a coach. I want you to be a cheerleader. And I want you to be a referee. I want you to blow the whistle. I want you to call sin, sin. I want you to say, keep your hands to yourself and you're out of bounds. We have got to be the solid boundaries for our children. Boundaries are blessings. And we who love them, who have values and expectations and goals for them, that we want to pass on to them because this is our family. We must referee. My nephew Andy lives here in Cincinnati. My assistants and I flew in yesterday and drove over to his home and we had dinner with my nephew Andy and his darling wife Steph. And I had just been in Atlanta with my brother, his dad, just a week ago for a a wedding. So just a, a week or so ago, I was with Andy's parents and sister And last night I was with Andy. The similar conversations, similar behavior, the exact same hospitality. Where did Andy learn to be hospitable? From his parents who have the gift of hospitality. Why was Debbie, a complete stranger to them, welcomed in and hugged goodbye after a mere couple of hours? Because that's how Andy was raised. Values will be passed on. Which values do you want passed on? It's the things you teach, coach, cheer, and referee. It's what you talk about. It's what they know matters to you. You're so privileged to have someone to pass it on to. I pray that you do it really, really well. I think consistency is a big part of parenting with the heart. I think that the boundaries being blessings idea is huge. And, and, and your children to know that in our family, we do this. Yes, but my, no, in our family, yes, but the neighbor, but in our family, yes, but this adult over there said, no, in our family... This is how we behave. This is how we treat people. This is how we spend our money. This is how we spend our free time. In our family, there's a consistency that leads to security, which is the foundation of all risk. If your children can't be secure, they will not grow because they can't risk the potential of losing and disappointing you. And consistency often gives rise to that security and at the same time that I want to encourage you to know what you know to be true so you can stay consistent in that. Do not go where the wind blows. How many of you know the wind is is forceful today? Am I right about that? There are messages proclaiming that this is right and then tomorrow this will be right. You need to know what is right for you and, and your children who are yours by God's design And and frankly, ladies and gentlemen, it's why I depend on the Bible, because it is a rock-solid, firm foundation that is true and will not change. I tell children, God's not going to rewrite the Bible for your generation, nor should he. It's finished. Don't try to edit the book. I think we need something that is solid for us. And at the same time that I invite us to be consistent, I want us to give our children grace and mercy. I so appreciate that about our Father God who has a consistency, and parents us with truth, and also his mercies are new every morning. And we're not always, you know, punished in the way that we could have been. We, we, know. So every once so in a while, I write in my book, Start With The Heart, I write about the value of consistency, but then I write about the value of surprising your kids with grace and mercy. So how many of you can, can you just picture uh, one of your kids having a less than great day, but you give them ice cream anyway? And your kid is like, wait, I get dessert? Yeah, I love you. But don't expect it tomorrow necessarily. But I love you. Oh, it matters that your heart, that your heart would beat for them and that you would know when it's appropriate to give that grace and that mercy and that, that kind of love that that says to your kids, I I get it. Because you know what, ladies and gentlemen? How many of us have had bad days lately? Is anybody willing to admit they've had a bad day lately? And and thank you. And how many of you know if you have a bad day, you're not bad? Right? I mean, if you have a bad day, you're not bad. We need to help our kids understand that you know, bad days happen. Now, if it's your choice to be bad, own that. Hello, don't be stupid. You're my son, you know. But... To know that kids are going to have bad days, it doesn't mean they're bad. Part of love, part of the heart connection with our kids and part of really the, the teaching and coaching and refereeing and cheering and all that I'm talking about, behavior um, isn't as important as character, everything I've talked about here, it, I want to I add to this, this mix of ideas, this thought, that you know in advance what unconditional love looks like. Unconditional love means that there's nothing you can do that would cause me to love you more. I I love you. And there's nothing you can do that would cause me to love you less. I love you. What you're doing irritates me. (laughs) What you're doing disappoints me. Your choice is not of you. That really surprised me. By the way, choice is your power word. Have I taught you that yet today? Choice is your power word. You chose, therefore I chose. You chose to lie, therefore I will check up on you. That's my choice. Well, you're so mean. No, you chose to lie, therefore I chose. I'm not mean. You're my daughter. It's my responsibility to parent you strong. So I'm going to form these boundaries and I'm going to bless you with truth. Know in advance what unconditional love looks like. If you agree with me that love ought to be unconditional. Like changes, maybe. But love remains. So decide in advance as a mom, as a dad, what would you do if your kid did X? I don't know what the X is. What if they lied? Or what if they cheated? What if you got a note from a teacher that your child's excellent grade did not come from her studying or her wisdom, but it came from her choice to cheat. If you were to find that out, how what does unconditional love look like in that scenario? I don't want to mention any other idea. There's kids in the room. So what does unconditional love look like? You find out, you get a call from your granddaughter. And she tells you about something she's chosen to do. And it displeases you. What does unconditional love look like there? My My prayer for us as adults is that we would know in advance how we might respond. And I, and I pray that you don't deal with the big hairy spider in the room. I hope that the, the difficulties in our culture don't come to bear upon your family. These are hard days. But I do think it's wise to know in advance how you might try to solve that problem. And here's the thing. You, you need to find a way as, as the parents to problem solve without making them feel like the problem to be solved. Kids tell me they feel very unsafe when they feel like the problems you're solving or the project you're finishing. So how do we communicate our hope and our help and our ideas without making them feel like they are the problem? That's beyond the scope of this talk. That's why I write the books I write. I pray that that's something that you will be thoughtful about. I want to talk with you about communication. Is this making sense to you today? yes i hope so I hope so i i really um, i love being here i value your church i value your pastor your people here i i i respect the challenges that you're facing with um, complex people what i would call a chaotic culture there are a lot of mixed messages that change on a regular basis and it, it becomes hard and one of the ways that we parent strong and long with our heart perspective is to value communication actually when i wrote my book i was really surprised at how much ended up being about communication but so much of motivating children to be right and do right even when we're not looking is that we would communicate so let me give you a couple of ideas related to communication one of them would be this listen when they're young so they talk when they're older If you have young kids at home, elementary age and below, listen to them now so they'll come to you later. If you dismiss little children with all their long stories about the spider web in the corner and the caterpillar and the the duck and the cloud, if you dismiss all of that, you don't have time now. I don't have time now. If you don't have time now, they may not come to you later. If you have older kids and your heart hurts now that I've said that, it is never too late to go to your children and say, shoot, I learned something, it reminded me, and I am so sorry for the times when you were younger, when my business and my choice to prioritize my life took control. One of the, you guys, one of the best ways to get their heart back is to say, I am so sorry. Would you give me another chance? I don't believe there's a single parent In this room, who parents badly intentionally, stuff just happens. Patterns develop and habits take over and it's hard. It's hard. So if you do have little kids, listen long now so they'll come to you later. If your kids are older, listen. Listen. How many of you have kids who don't talk to you though? And you're like, Kathy, they won't talk to me. You know, it's about the questions we ask. It's about when we ask them. A lot of kids want to talk in the car because they're captured and so are you. They tell me they love talking to you in the car because they don't have to look into your eyes when they're going to hurt your heart. And they don't want to see your face if they've confused or scared you. That's why they also love talking in the dark. A lot of kids have said they love talking to you at bedtime. And if you have older kids and they put themselves to bed, just go there at bedtime and stand in the door. What are you doing, Mama? Well, I'm just, just here. Just loving you tonight. Just wait quiet. 30 seconds later, hey mom, this kid at school, there's a lot of things they want to talk to us about. They're not going to do it when the siblings are there. They're not going to do it in their hurried moments. They're going to do it when they feel safe. And they feel safe often in the dark, and in the car. I also like phrases like, keep talking. So when, they, when they're talking to you, I mean, praise God, they've come to you with something that concerns them, and, and they stop talking. See, don't listen so that you can share your opinion. Don't listen so that you can judge their opinion. Listen to understand, and listen to get them to talk. Listen to understand. Your goal should not be listen to talk. Listen to learn, listen to to understand. And and so they say, say things like, keep, keep talking. So they stop. And rather than you interjecting something, keep talking. Well, what do you mean? You probably have more to say. Keep talking. Or I like saying, and... So your son or daughter, grandkid, spouse comes to you and tells a story and stops. Just wait. Be quiet. And... And let your son or daughter... Provide you with another detail so that you understand more before you speak. Oh, to listen longer, to be quiet, which is so hard for some of us. I'm a chatty Cathy. I used to talk and get into trouble. Now I talk and get paid. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) I'll talk to you about that tonight, about the way that I'm smart. But those of us who are chatty Cathy's, we just need to zip our lips and listen longer. Seek to understand. Oh, and here's another communication concept. You guys, thanks for listening to me. I want you to feel their pain. If you want a parent strong, where they feel safe with their heart in your heart, where you're, you're holding their heart, if you want them to feel safe, if you want them to come to you and not Google, if you want them to come to you and not YouTube University or, you know, whatever, you know, Snapchat, what do all their friends think? If they want, if you want them to come to you, feel their hurt. Feel their pain. It's hard. Many of us as adults, how many of us want to res- rescue? Anybody want to admit that? We don't want them to be in pain. We don't want them to hurt. So we problem solve. What about this? And have you tried this? And what about, that's what makes them feel like a problem. Listen longer. And here's the thing. Thank you so much for listening to me. Rather than, when when you feel like your kids are in pain, when you feel like there's something unsettled, rather than saying what's wrong, which, how many of you don't like that question? That's a scary question. What's wrong? Rather than asking that, why don't you say what you think might be going on? And why don't you say, you know, Jessica, you appear really distant. How can I help you? Everybody say, How? That's a very powerful word. Jessica, you appear to be distant. Can I help you? Uh, how can I help you? How invites the opportunity? James, you appear angry. See, how many of you have said to boys, you know, what's going on? Nothing. Okay, so here's the thing. Now you guys are gonna know this. I'm just gonna tell you what you already know, all right? men do not have a thesaurus for emotion like women do women we have a thesaurus for emotion if you ask a woman we're mad angry upset ticked off jealous revengeful disappointed confused and really just ticked (laughs) but men are mad am i pretty much am i right about that and that's what the research says that's what guys have admitted to me they're just mad well here's the thing you need to so don't ask a boy how are you feeling the only word they know is mad I'm not making this up. This is a research finding. Men have as many emotions as women do, but they don't have vocabulary to express them with. So now you've really made your boy mad because now he can't tell you why he's mad. And now you're mad that he can't tell you. And now he's mad times three. Stop it. (laughs) Observe and predict what might be going on and say out loud, you appear sad. Or is it confusion that you're feeling? You look like you're not very confident. Can I help you understand where that doubt is coming from? Give your sons and daughters the language so that they can talk with you about it. So important. It's a mental health crisis. Here's another thing that I'm going to share with you because I think you guys can handle it. Anger is never the first emotion. Anger is always caused by something. Fear? Very common. Hate? Very common. So what boys have told me, what young men have told me in my ministry is that they'll, they'll pray to God about their anger. They might even try to get help for their anger, but the anger keeps coming back. And then they get angrier at themselves and they begin to doubt the help that they think they've received. Because anger is never first. What caused the anger is what you need to look for as the parent. What's under the surface. This is the power of connecting heart to heart. You seek to understand. You listen longer. And you look for the feelings. How many of us would admit that our behavior is changed by our feelings? Right? If we're jealous or angry or fearful or doubting or full of hate or happy and joyful and content... Feelings change our actions. So many of our kids are good kids. And when they behave out of character, when you have a good kid who behaves in a less than great way, ask yourself, what's the feeling that's under that, that's driving that choice? And if you talk with your kids about that feeling, they might not even know it's there. They might not even know it's there. But if you can help them identify what you think might be there, You can do a verbal multiple choice. Are you feeling this or that? And watch for what I call the eyebrow lift. Because eyes will almost always give truth away. And you talk with your kids about their heart. When you talk about the heart, and the heart connects, it gives you the power to parent long. If they know that you care, then they care what you know. It's a very old-fashioned thought, but it's true. If they know that you care, they will care what you know. Parents strong. Look for opportunities to talk about the heart. That's how you pass on values. That's how you pass on what matters to you. Is talking about feelings, not just thoughts. And keeping the heart connection alive. I want to close my time with you this morning by recommending one more thing related to parenting strong and long and parenting to prioritize the heart. I really appreciate how well you've paid attention to me this morning. And I do hope you're going to come back tonight, 6 o'clock. It'll be powerful. It'll be fun. It'll be worthwhile. Let me close my morning time with you by saying this. Please look for opportunities to have more fun. We are too busy. Anybody want to agree with that? Look at that. We're busy. Now, some of us are busy doing important things. Some of us are busy not doing important things. Yeah, now, now you don't like me. I don't care. Um, I, uh, I really do, but thanks for laughing. Uh, I have, I've written a book about technology and the influence it's had upon kids. Kids tell me, by the way, on a regular basis, you know, Dr. Kathy, I'm not going to talk to my mom about important things if she has her phone nearby. I'm not talking to her if it's in her pocket. I'm not going to talk to her if it's on the breakfast bar because as soon as that phone pings or dings or or lights up, she's gone. And I'm not going to start a hard conversation a second time. If you want your kids to pay attention to you and if you want your kids to come to you and not Google, I want to ask you to put your phone away. Don't just put it on silent like my phone is right here. Put it in a whole nother room. Buried under a stack of books. Let them know that now you are my priority. How many of you at a restaurant have been so concerned by people not there on their phones? Like they're all there, but they're all on their phones and no one's making eye contact, and no one's talking. Some of us do that in our own homes. We've allowed our children to fall into the screen. Some of you are busy with meaningful things and some of you are busy with things that aren't as meaningful. I say that with a lot of respect. I, I respect, you know, you have kids in soccer and Spanish and ballet and youth group and they babysit. Like I get it. I'm not a fan of all of that. I'm I'm not. I a childhood should be childhood. Childhood leads to adulthood. And if childhood isn't rich, adulthood will be affected. I can guarantee you that. That's why we do what we do at Celebrate Kids. Prioritize fun. If you if you've agreed with some of what I've said today. I want to ask you to bookend it with this idea that fun matters. Because you know what? When we have fun together, we get to know each other. When we have fun together, thoughts and feelings merge. And there's a depth to it all. When we have fun together, it makes bad days easier to handle. I don't know if some of you need to make changes to your calendar and your schedule. Or if you just need to change priorities. Are there some things you could do when the kids are in bed so that when they're awake, you're with them? Are there some ways that you can serve together and volunteer together on a Saturday morning so that you're together? Because that's what allows you to mature their heart as yours is being matured through service. Let me pray. Father God, you have allowed us to be in this place uh, to learn these things, to hear these ideas. I'm so grateful Father God, for Horizon, for this service, for these, your people, who have chosen to trust and to be here. And I pray, as I always do, that something will last for them from this message. I wasn't here except to be influential, so would you help them apply the ideas in ways that would be impactful? Would you give them truth? Would you answer their questions Would you give them hope in the midst of challenging circumstances as they work to believe that maybe something I said is true for them? Um, Honor their choice by being here, by giving them something that lasts. We're so grateful. Thanks for your wisdom. Thanks for your unconditional love. Thank you that our heart is safe with you. And I pray that we would learn how to parent our children so their hearts are safe with ours. We look forward, Father God, to what you're going to do in us and for us because of the truth. And I pray with optimism in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, everybody.